Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Shalom and welcome. This is Yiska Smith coming to you from Pardes in Yerushalayim. Welcome to the third episode in Preparing to Experience Inner Freedom and Liberation Through the Lens of Rav Cook's Commentaries on the Haggadah Shel Pesach. I'm using throughout this series a translation by Bezalel Naor in his book, The Rav Cook Haggadah, Springtime of the World collected from the writings of Rav Avraham Yitzchak HaKohen Cook and his disciples of blessed memory. So, in this episode, episode three, I'm going to share with you some of the Rav's commentary on yachatz, the next step, the next sign, the next siman. The middle matzah is broken into two pieces. The larger portion will be reserved for the final afikoman. The smaller portion is to be eaten for matzah. We begin the meal when we wash and make hamotzi and make the bracha over the commandment to eat matzah, and then we conclude the meal before we recite Birkat Hamazon also with matzah, the afikoman. But that's only because we do not offer today the Korban Pesach, being that we don't have our Beit HaMikdash in existence at this point in time. May the third be built very quickly in our days. So we begin the meal with the smaller piece. We end the meal with the larger piece, representing the Passover offering, the Korban Pesach. Now the Korban Pesach, this final afikomen, this dessert, so to speak, is to be eaten, according to the Shulchan Aruch, based on a discussion in Masechet Pesachim 90b, the afikomen is to be eaten al hasova, which means on a satiated stomach. Full, not overly full, but satiated. However, in the beginning of the meal, when we eat the matzah to fulfill the mitzvah, of eating matzah, this is to be eaten l'tervon, hungrily, with an appetite. As we say in modern Hebrew, when we sit down to eat, we wish each other a hearty appetite, l'tervon, may you eat with a hearty appetite. These two dissimilar eatings symbolize the two different stations along the spiritual way. The spiritual novice devours his meal or her meal ravenously. The adept or initiate who has conquered the cravings of the animal soul with that physical appetite, very strong, eats feeling already satisfied. This person's eating is not out of necessity, but to broaden and to enlarge one's spirit. So in essence, what we're learning about here is there's a lower form of eating and a higher form of eating. When we eat 
hungrily when we begin the full meal with the matzah. This is compared to the lower form of eating. When we complete the meal at the end with the afikomen, which is the dessert, this is the higher form of eating. It's, in a way, you can say, sustaining physical sustenance and spiritual sustenance. There's the less refined, which we need to eat to keep our bodies healthy. And then there's the higher form. It's a more refined practice, which is to fulfill the need equally as strong, but it's more refined, the need of the soul, spiritual sustenance. The Rav continues, the goal is to reach the sort of eating represented by the afikomen, but the spiritually realized person must not be disdainful of other members of the human race who have not arrived at this plateau and must still satisfy animal desires. And I ask all of you to pay attention to the usage of the word human race. Rav Cook does not refer to specifically Jews, but to all people. He had very broad shoulders. He held a lot of people. So he wants to caution us that the consciousness of eating afikomen which is a, a higher form of eating, it's really a way of eating to sustain our soul, must never be ever where we, God forbid, disdain those members of the human race who have not arrived at this higher place and are still very involved with a lower form of eating. Actually, it is possible that the adept himself has states where he or she is unable to attain the heights of the afikomen type eating. We ourselves, along our journeys, can move up and down, up and down, from the lower form of eating to the higher form of eating, from eating matzah, hungrily, to eating afikomen, unassatiated, on a full stomach where we're eating to satisfy our spiritual appetite. Regarding the two halves of the matzah, one observes the interaction between the two types of eating. The mundane eating relates to the afikomen as its end goal. The spiritual eating of the afikomen, on the other hand, is a possibility only because of the prior stage of the more prosaic, commonplace eating of the matzah. It's fascinating that the person who eats with the consciousness of afikomen already is showing honor for where one came from, where the person who hasn't yet cultivated and achieved this spiritual maturity when one is eating strictly to satisfy the physical needs, one is only seeing the end rather than the means to the end. This symbolic act of breaking the matzah in two 
is a very visual way of declaring that in the history of an individual, not only ends are important, but the means as well. Which is why Rav Cook believes that the spiritual eating of the afikomen is a possibility only because of the prior stage of the more commonplace eating of the matzah. It's a very important dimension. This is a very important teaching that we don't forget our past. So not only the final stage of afikomen is of importance, but the intermediate stage of matzah as well. And this is a recurring theme of the Seder night. The Mishnah in Pesachim 10, in chapter 10, the fourth Mishnah stipulates, one commences with derogation, being defamed, and ends with praise. Matchil v'ganut, now, two sages of the Talmud disagree as to what form of the derogation should assume, one should assume. Rav said, originally our fathers were idolaters. And Shmuel said, we were slaves to Paro in Egypt. The Maharal of Prague, Rav Yehuda Lo ben Betzalel, Moenu Harav Lo, that's the Maharal, lived approximately 1512 to 1609, explains their differing views. Rav felt the greater derogation is the derogation of the soul. The body is only temporary, the soul is eternal, but a soul blemished by idolatry will be eternally lost. Unless, of course, one does teshuva. Shmuel, on the other hand, felt the derogation of the body is to be stressed. The havoc that idolatry wreaks upon the soul is invisible. The effects of physical slavery upon the body are readily discernible in the very here and now. Also, the spiritual result of having worshipped worshipped idolatry lies in the far-off future. The injury of slavery to the body is visible in the immediate present. Now, in our current version of the Haggadah, we actually combine both approaches of Rav and Shmuel. So we recite both. We recite Avadim Hayinu Leparo B'Mitzrayim. We were slaves to Paro in Egypt. This is immediately after the four questions. And this was according to Shmuel. And then we say, after we mention the four types of sons, we mention what Rav believes we should, in fact, state as our source of derogation. Originally, our fathers were idolaters. So you have here, you have here this movement of moving from the lower form of eating to the higher form of eating. From the eating when one is physically hungry, moving towards the end when one is spiritually hungry. And this is very much in summary 
very much in alignment with how the Mishnah in Pesachim believes that the movement, the flow of the Seder should be where we actually do begin from the place of gnut, of feeling defamed, of derogation. And the whole Seder moves us to a place of Shabbach. And in summary, in conclusion, we honor both, according to the Maharal of Prague, we, we honor both in our modern day Haggadah, Rav and Shmuel. So on that note, I want to thank you all, Tada, for listening. And I look forward to sharing episode four. Bezrat Hashem, please God, with all of you tomorrow. Koltu, Shalom, Lehitorot. Thank you to our Pardes faculty. And a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning. And visit www.pardes.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardes.